You're listening to Al Pastor, the show that helps you love God, love your neighbor, and eat more tacos. I'm your host, Pastor Brian. Welcome to the show. Well, hello. I want to welcome you to the episode today. We are going to be covering uh, 2 Timothy chapter number 3. Now, I'm not going to be as extensive or exhaustive as I have the past couple of days and um, as I'm doing this podcast, I'm learning learning quite a bit about you know what I can do, what I can't do, all within my heart and within my mind. So over the last couple of days, um, you know, I went into a lot of detail. Um, but it's difficult to try to keep up this pace with the amount of study that that I believe is necessary or required to, teach at that particular level. Now, um, doesn't mean that I'm not going to do that from time to time, but I'm going to go back here to a little bit lighter uh, type of uh, overview. So to give you maybe like a frame of reference, um, yesterday's passage, for example, normally that would be, at least from my perspective, that would be something that would take about a week uh, about 20 to 25 hours worth of research and study in order to deliver it the way that I, I feel that it demands to be delivered. Um, I'm not telling you that that's the amount of study and preparation I did. I think I logged about six hours or so for that particular episode and try to condense it down. I think I got it in about 40 minutes or so. So with that being said, I'm not saying that I'm not going to do that um, at all. I, I do. I mean, there are certain places that really do demand that. But I realize I can't keep up that pace. It's just unrealistic on a day-to-day basis for what, essentially for what the Scripture demands. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't uh, read devotionally, that we don't extract principles. But um, I am going to go somewhat lighter. So with that in mind, we're going to cover 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I'll just touch on a few things here and there. So let's start in verse number 1. Paul Paul says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. So there is a shift again in Paul's language by telling Timothy, know this. And the shift is a prophetic point of view that he's about to give Timothy. So there's a difference from what he had already spoken earlier to Timothy. To give you an example, like in chapter 1, verse 15, he said, This you know. And he was speaking about those that had departed from him and things like that. But now he's, he's telling Timothy, I want you to know this. So he's setting up something that is in store. The next thing I think that we need to really make sure that we have a firm grasp on is the term in the last days. Because a lot of people get hung up on this phrase. Technically speaking, the last days were initiated and inaugurated um, on the day of Pentecost. I mean, that's that's part of the very first sermon that Peter stood up, right? He's in Acts chapter number 2 and he, he said, man, let me tell you what this sign is all about. You know, these folks speaking in tongues and these folks uh, um, 
uh, preaching out in the streets. He says, this is the sign of Joel. And in the last days, uh, God promised that he would pour out his spirit on all flesh. So we are in a category of the last days. Reason that I'm telling you this is because sometimes people think, well, last days is, you know, a very narrow window, like, you know, the last seven years or the last 10 years or the last decade, you fill in the blank, right? So um, that does not take away from the fact that we have been in the last days. In fact, from the perspective of the Apostle Paul and from the perspective of the, the, the Bible, we live we are to live with this expectancy. We are to live with this urgency. The, one of the words is called imminency, that Jesus is coming back. And so for them, Paul is just framing this for Timothy, and he says perilous times are going to come. Difficult times are going to come. In other words, it shouldn't take us by surprise. And then he goes through, and he begins to list. I mean, this is an exhaustive list with um, all these different adjectives, right? Describing words of, of the characteristic characteristics of people uh, in the last days. And really what undergirds this entire list is two phrases. One is lovers of themselves and lovers of pleasure. This is, this is the foundation of everything else. And so people will begin to grow cold, grow away from God, love themselves more than they love God, love pleasure more than they love God. And when you have these, these two issues out of, out of joint, out of alignment with God's word, then all these other things are just almost becoming natural. The other thing I think is important for us to notice from our reading today is Paul is not describing the Gentile world, the pagan world. This is a description of people that name the name of Jesus. So that should be startling for us. Paul gives a very similar descriptive list, like in Romans chapter 1. But that's about the pagans, and that's about the Gentiles. So Paul is, is setting up Timothy here and saying, here, here are some things to watch out for. Here are, the, here are the characteristics of some folks that are going to be acting like this in the last days. Um, we could really, really go into every one of these words, but we're not going to do it. I've gone through, I've read some, some various uh, commentaries um, Bible knowledge commentaries got you know a brief description of that, um, really kind of succinct and to the point. So if you use the Bible knowledge commentary, that's good. Um, the life application Bible commentary, it, it it also does a good job. It gives you a couple of sentences, a couple, uh, some of them they might give a paragraph, but you can go through and peruse that list for yourself. Um, verse number six, I think this would be important to touch on or highlight. Notice that he says that the, uh, let's just read it, for of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. Now, Paul is not calling women gullible. And what we have to understand here 
is that in the first century, there was two things that occurred at the same time. There was an uprising of the what, what's known as the Roman new women and new wives. They were kind of finding their own way, kind of like a women's liberation movement. But that was more of the exception, not the rule. So generally speaking now, women uh, were not very well educated at all, at all. Um, when Christianity came onto the scene, and especially here in the first century, within the first 30 to 80 years or so, is very, very welcoming to women. I mean, just look at how Jesus uh, regarded and treated women. I mean, there was women that are following Jesus, contributing to the ministry of Jesus, sitting at the feet of Jesus. And so women were finding a place uh, at the table, proverbially speaking, and becoming educated in things. And so because of this newfound thirst and hunger for knowledge, this is kind of the framing of gullible women. In other words, we would say that these women would receive any kind of teaching. So Paul's not using this as a derogatory term. Um, the other thing that we need to realize is the disparity between uh, Roman uh, widows. Oftentimes, their husbands would be twice their age. That would be the cultural norm of the day. And so women would become widowed at a very, very young age. And these false teachers were taking advantage of this social climate, so to speak, and would creep in and then end up leading, leading, this, leading these women away. They were more susceptible, let's put it that way. And Paul equates them to uh, Jonas and Jambres. I don't even know if I'm saying that correctly, but these are the um, known as the two magicians in Pharaoh's court, okay, traditionally. And so he is he's making a very, very strong connection here. Um, let's see, verse 8. Yes, now as Jonas and Jambres resisted Moses... So do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith. But they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all as theirs also was. Now, here's the other transition. Even though Paul is speaking prophetically, there is a difference as well between chapter 2 and chapter 3. And what's the difference? In chapter 2, Paul speak, Paul's charging Timothy to teach the truth, but it's with the understanding, with reconciliation in mind, that perhaps God would grant them with repentance. Here we see a different tone. The tone is not so much repentance. The tone is you need to not have anything to do with folks of this nature that are claiming the name of Jesus. Let's go on verse 10. He says, But you have carefully followed my doctrine. That's the teaching, right? Manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions. What happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and Lystra? What persecutions I endured? Timothy knows very, very well. He says, And out of all of them the Lord delivered me. 
In other words, Paul's saying, Timothy, if the, if the Lord delivered me out of them, he's going to deliver you as well. He says, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. All. But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have heard and have been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. You know, there's, there is an onslaught of a spiritual battle that has been occurring uh, ever since Christ came to the earth. And this is going to continue until Christ comes back again and sets everything right. And so there's, there is a lot that we could talk about. But again, for the sake of simplicity um, and time, we're going to try to keep this short and simple. Verse 14, but you must continue in the things that you have learned and have been assured of, and knowing from whom you have learned them. In other words, there's nothing better than the solid meat of God's word. Verse 15, 16, and 17. This is this is the, the culmination, this is the climax of this, this, this chapter. He says, From childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures. Think about that. You have known, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Folks, true wisdom comes from knowing the Holy Scriptures. And one of the greatest things that we can do today is give ourselves over to God's Word. Really, it, it, it is. Verse 16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's inspired. We would say it's God-breathed. That is the that is the word that's here. The, the inspiration literally means, uh, I'll tell you the Greek word, theonoustos, meaning it is Holy Spirit, the breath of the Holy Spirit. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man, and I would add woman of God, may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work. So a couple of things that I think that we should pull out of this and extract from our reading today. Number one is from this last part, since we just finished it, we need more wisdom. We need to be wise. We need to really give ourselves over to God's word. And so when I say that, what does that mean to you? I'm not, I, I don't want you to think for one second that I'm sitting here trying to tell you that you've got to read all kinds of commentaries and things like that. that. That's not what I'm talking about. Those things help you, sure. But how familiar are you with God's word? That's, that's the first thing. We need more wisdom, especially in these last days. The other thing is, is that we need to be on guard because this, this still stands. Perilous times will come. 
And we have to be on guard, and this is the unfortunate thing, from those who name the name of Jesus Christ. Just because somebody says they're a Christian, or because somebody says, I love Jesus, or yes, I go to church, I'm not telling you that you've got to be weary or leery of all everybody, but this list, this list here, lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud blasphemers, you should take note. And it's not that you would just throw an accusation against people, but there's a lot that's going to be occurring, especially as we get closer and closer to the return of Christ. And um, we need to be on guard with our hearts and with our minds. So this is Second Timothy chapter 3. If you, you personally, if you have any thoughts or if there's just something you're struggling with that I can help you out with, or maybe you've got some thoughts, maybe the Lord spoke something to you, hey, let me know. We, you can come on the podcast. Um, I would love to hear what the Lord is speaking um, to you. Appreciate you tuning in. Thank you for listening. We'll see you for 2 Timothy chapter 4. Thank you for listening to Al Pastor with Brian Overturf. If you found value in this, please subscribe and get updates. Most places podcasts are available. We're right here on Anchor FM through Spotify. Also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and iHeartRadio. I hope you'll tune in for the next episode. Until then, we'll see you later.